Thanks for tuning in to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Joel Hudson, the worship pastor here at Rolling Hills Community Church Nashville campus. We're so glad that you've joined us today as we continue with our series, Finish Strong. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jeff teaching us about the faithfulness of Caleb in Joshua chapter 14. And now, here's Jeff. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together today. Whether you're here in person at a Franklin campus or you're watching online, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I believe that God has a word for all of us. I don't believe it's an accident that any of us are here. God brought us here to hear from Him. And so I am so thankful that we can worship and pray and come together and be the men and women that He created us to be, men and women after His heart. You know, today is the culmination of 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we've been praying for our country. We've been praying for the kingdom as a church. And we've been asking God just to do great things. And I'm so thankful for everybody who's praying together for unity and for peace, for revival in our land. And I'm so thankful that we can join together as God's people today. And we're diving into God's Word. And we're in this incredible series, this series called Finish Strong. We've been walking with the children of Israel as they've come out of Egypt. Remember, they were slaves in Egypt, right? They had no hope, no help, and they prayed. And God sent a deliverer, Moses, and and they walked out of Egypt, a million people coming out of there. And they come across the wilderness, and God opens the door for them to go into the promised land, right? But they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years because of fear. And they were worried, and they didn't think they could take the land. And finally, finally, God brought them back to that point. And to step forward in faith. And God raised up a leader named Joshua And Joshua called the people to consecrate themselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And they started to pray and God stopped the water from upstream from flowing. And a million people walk across on dry ground into the promised land. I mean, this land that they've been praying for and they they go into this land and there's battles to fight, right? And if you've missed any in this series, go back and watch or listen and go online and, and just see. But God does these miracles like Jericho where they walk around the city and the walls come tumbling down. They also had some setbacks like I where they took some of the devoted things at Jericho and so they lost this battle. But then they confessed, they recommitted to the Lord and, and God brought them together around his word in the first five books, the law of the Old Testament. They recommitted together and then they go and they beat I, they win that battle. And then they go up against five kings. And last week we saw this sun stand still miracle. Oh man, I was fired up last week. I mean, it's so awesome that God still does miracles today. Our God is at work in our lives and in your life. This miracle that happens. And then they went in and took the rest of the promised land because God said, finish strong. God said, finish strong. And God's for all of us. Man, whatever your journey has been spiritually, God's not finished with you. I just want you to know that. God's not finished with us as a church and God's not finished with you. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And I truly believe that your best days are still ahead. So you hold on to him, you trust him, you follow him and you finish strong. Whatever God's called you to do, for his name and for his glory. We're in this together for his name. And I'm so thankful that we're on this journey together. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to Joshua. Joshua chapter 14. That's so good today. Hey, Joshua chapter 14. So Old Testament, if you're new to the Bible, it's kind of toward the front there. You got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. First five books, it's called the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? Written by Moses, the sixth book. Is Joshua. If you're watching online, hey, grab a Bible or a mobile device. But Joshua chapter 14 
And let's see what happens, right? These slaves come into the promised land, and here they are. And look at verse 1. It says, Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar, the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their inheritance were assigned by lot to the nine and a half tribes as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted two and a half tribes their inheritance east of the Jordan, but had not granted the Levites an inheritance among the rest, for Joseph's descendants had become two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Now let me stop right there. So here's what deal, what's going on, right? They come into the land. And remember, it was the land that God had given to their forefathers. So you may remember Abraham, right, left the Ur of the Chaldeans, came to this land. He had a son, Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons, right? His name's changed to Israel. So the 12 tribes of Israel, they go down to Egypt because there's a famine. And instead of coming back, they stayed in Egypt. And so for 400 years, they've been in Egypt. Now they're coming back into this promised land. They're fighting these battles. They're taking the land back from the people who had kind of moved in while they were gone. And so by tribes, they assign land by these tribes. And you can see that these lands now, all these tribes, these clans are living there in the land. And so they, they give these two tribes to Joseph. He had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Then there's the Levites. The Levites received no share of the land, but only towns to live in with pasture lands for their flocks and herds. So the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Okay, so one tribe, the Levites, this is the priestly tribe. And so they spread them out. It was really smart, right? We're going to put the pastors and the teachers, the Bible leaders, we're going to put them out among all the tribes. We're going to have churches and synagogues so that we stay true to God's word. Now, I'm going to put a map up here just to kind of show you, to give you a little historical geography of what was happening here. If you see, there's the Mediterranean Sea over there on the left, right? Then you've got the Jordan River that runs there, the Sea of Galilee is that blue spot up toward the top. Then it comes down to the Dead Sea. So two and a half tribes, Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben are on the east side of the Jordan. Then you got the nine and a half tribes over here. And so you can see that some get more land than others because they're bigger tribes. But if you look down toward the bottom, you see Judah. And Judah is this big tribe down there. And uh, you can see a lot of landmass. Now, this is important and it's significant because I want you to think just for a minute that here we are 3,400 years later. And you know what? The Israelites are still there. <laughs> 3,400 years later. And what's crazy to think about, right, is this is the best real estate in the world. I mean, bar none. I mean, because it is a land bridge between Europe and Asia and Africa. And every trade and everything comes right through this land bridge. There have been more wars. Everybody wants this land. And for 3,400 years, God goes, I'm going to give the best land to my people. <laughs> it's going to be their land. This is the home of three major world religions out of five. That's major world religions right there. Everything happens there. Armageddon's going to go down there. And here we are 3,400 years later seeing we're still living in this. The impact of their obedience to take the land, to not stay in the wilderness in fear, is impacted even us today. It's incredible. God is sovereign. God knows. And God gave the land to his people. Now, he said, you got these tribes now. This is part of your land. But you now go and take that land. You know, because there's still some things you got to do and get that land ready. And so now it kind of shifts to the individuals and to the families, to the tribes. So look at this, verse 6. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua, the people of Judah. Remember that? 
tribe of Judah, right? They approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know that the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. So Caleb comes up to Joshua and goes, hey, Joshua, you remember you and I, what Moses said to you and to me. He said, listen, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. Okay, what's he talking about? If you go back to Numbers 13, okay, you go back to Numbers 13. When the people came out of Egypt, they're coming across the wilderness. It should have taken about two months, right? I mean, or a month, right? I mean, if you're walking five hours a day, you got a million people, it's going to take a little bit longer, right? So, okay, you're coming across, you get to the Jordan River, going into the promised land, and yet Moses says, let's send 12 spies in the land to check it out. And so Joshua and Caleb are two of those spies, and so these 12 spies go in, they look over the whole land, and they go, Woo, man, we've been gone 400 years. Giants have moved into the land. There are walled cities. We can't do it, right? Except Joshua and Caleb. And they go, Guys, come on. He's a big God. He parted the Red Sea. He took us out of Egypt. Let's go. But the people sided with the 10. And the people stayed there in the wilderness for 40 years because of their fear. Because their fear, they wouldn't go in. And so Caleb's like, Joshua, you remember what Moses said? He said, I, however, follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now, I don't know if you underlined your Bible, but man, start underlining this wholeheartedly. Just see this coming back. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he has said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So for 40 years, he's in the wilderness. For five years, it takes him to conquer the land, be there. And so Caleb's like, hey, God's kept me alive for 45 years since then. And now listen to this, this is so good. So here I am today, 85 years old. Boom, exclamation point, right? I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. I love this guy. Oh, you know, I love that, man. Here's this old guy. He's like, come on, guys, bring it. You know, I'm 85. I'm still as passionate about serving the Lord as I was 45 years ago. Come on, let's go, man. I love this guy. This is great. Now, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me on that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and that their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. So Caleb goes, give me that land, that Judah land, Jerusalem, Hebron. I know there's Anakites. These are giants in the land. But man, we'll take it. Me and my family, we'll take it. Our tribe, we'll take it. Let's go. Then Joshua blessed Caleb. I love that. Joshua's like, you're my brother, man. You know, you have that same passion. We're in this thing together. He blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Now, guys, here's something really amazing and cool. I want you to check this out. He's a Kenizzite, okay? When it says Kenizzite, this was a group of people who came out of Saudi Arabia area. And a lot of biblical scholars believe that Caleb may have actually joined the children of Israel 
after God parted the Red Sea, that Caleb was with this group of people and they go, I want to be a part of that. I want to know that God. I want to follow him. And he jumped in and came along. And in fact, that was one of the reasons he was one of the spies is because he might have been in this land before. See, here's a cool principle. Think about this for a minute. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. <laughs> Maybe you don't know all the Bible stories. Maybe you don't know where all the books of the Bible are. But, but listen, God's inviting you into his story. And Caleb got to be a part of that. Joshua came out of Egypt. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. And so these two joined together, right? Here's Caleb who, who didn't know a whole lot about it, but he's gonna follow God all of his life. Here's Joshua who grew up in church, right? You know, knows all the Bible stories, has been there with Moses. And these guys come in and they serve God. And they finish what God had called them to do. Hey, wherever you are, guys, you've started this journey, you finish it for the glory of God because your best days are still ahead. All right, if you're taking notes today, if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write some things down. If you're at Franklin, grab a worship guide, there's a pen around you, or if you're online, hey, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. Love for you to write some of these things down today. William Carey, the great missionary, he said this, expect great things from God, <laughs> attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. And that's exactly what these guys were doing in order to finish strong, you must, number one, live by faith. Live by faith. Hey, I was 40 years old. This is Caleb, right? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report. Now, I want you to see this. According to my convictions, but my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however... Followed the Lord, my God, personal, wholeheartedly. Man, good job, Caleb. Be faithful to God. Guys, be faithful to God. I want you to think about this. There were 12 spies that went into the land that day. All 12 saw the same thing. They saw that there were giants in the land. They saw the fortified cities. But two of them saw a really big God. Ten of them saw all the challenges. Two of them saw a mighty God who was sovereign over all. Guys, in our lives, we're gonna face challenges. We're gonna face struggles. In fact, maybe you're going through one today. But I wanna tell you, our God is greater. I wanna tell you, our God is stronger. You be faithful to him. You don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. You hold on to him. And Caleb did. Be faithful to God. Be willing to go against the world. Be willing to go against the world. I love that Caleb goes, you know what? I held to my convictions. You know, the other 10, you can imagine the peer pressure, right? The other 10 are like, come on, man. You know, just tell the people to be afraid. Tell them. And he's like, no. You know, you got peer pressure in middle school, right? You know what I mean? You got peer pressure in high school. You got peer pressure as adults. Right? People are like, hey, tone down the whole Jesus talk thing. Come on, man. What, what are you talking about? And you're like, at some point you go, no. These are my convictions. This is who my God is. I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to encourage you. Uh, my dad was in business, uh, and uh, he used to travel when I was young, but he would always come back, and he would tell me stories. He'd be like, you know what? You just got to hold your convictions. And he'd be in like, in, you know, whether it was Vegas or Dallas or different cities all over, and he'd say, you know, at night, people would want to go out and party after work meetings and everything, and they're going to different clubs. And my dad was like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the hotel. I'm going to go back. I'm going to 
read my Bible, you know, I'm going to get ready for church you know, next Sunday. And, and he goes, you know, people kind of give you a hard time at first, but then he's like, now, then people would come up and say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you encourage me? And my dad's funeral, there was people, I mean, my dad was 85 when he went home to be with Jesus. And there were people there from when he worked and they would come up and they would say, Jeff, your dad held to his convictions. You know, your dad, man, he prayed for me. Your dad, he, he didn't go out and do all this stuff. And I was just like, way to go, dad. You know, I mean, he's getting peer pressure, right? In his 40s, 50s, or but he's like, no, I'm going to live my life for the glory of God. Be willing to go against the world. Because the world's always going to go fear. The world's always going to go, right? I mean, the world's going to always go against the things of God. You've got to be willing to stand for the things of God. Every one of us. Know God is faithful to those who are faithful to him. Know God is faithful to those who are faithful to him. Caleb was faithful to the Lord. And I pray that for every one of us. And God's like, I got some land carved out for you, Caleb. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I got an inheritance for you, Caleb. But God has an inheritance for you. He does. It tells us in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, exclamation point. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If you are in Christ, hey, you've got a living hope and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven. It's in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Guys, your eternity is secure. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. This life is not all that there is. There is more to come. Understand that and know that God is faithful. Know that God is faithful. All right. Always keep God first. Always keep God first. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. Right? When you were a spy in the land and you checked all that out, that same land is going to be the inheritance. And that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Hey, remember God even in the blessings. You know, I think it's easy to remember God in the hard times. In the wilderness, right, when things are hard and difficult, of course we're going to pray. What else we got? You know? I mean, we're going to pray in the hard times and difficult times. The challenge is remembering God in the blessings. And Caleb remembered God even in the blessings. He held on to him. He held on to him. I remember one of my first mission trips and I was out of college and I went international mission trip and I went to this really poor area and we were serving there. And one night the people in the church invited us to a dinner at the church and, and, and the women had made this meal. It was rice and beans and bread. And I'm sure it took like two weeks salary, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there just humbled, tearing up because of their generosity at looking at this meal and I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said, I just want you to know that, that we pray for you back in the United States. Um, because, you know, I know you guys don't have a lot and we, we pray for you. And they go, well, well thank you, um, but we pray for you. And I was like, pray for us. And, I'm like, and they go, yeah, because we know you do have a lot. And isn't, isn't it easy to get distracted? How do you guys stay true to God in the, in the middle of all that? And I was like, yeah, great question. Because I'm looking at their joy and I'm looking at their passion. And I'm thinking, wow, that's different. See, remember God even in the blessings. Don't fall in love with the blessings and forget about God. So the question becomes this. 
Do we love God or just his blessings? Right? If all the blessings were stripped away, would we still say, yes, I will praise you, Lord. (laughs) I will follow you and I will trust you. Always have a grateful heart. That's how you protect it. Always have a grateful heart. Hold on to these, the things of this world loosely and hold on to God tightly. Hold on to him with everything you have. Hey, even before the people went into the promised land, God knew this was going to happen. And so here's what God told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You guys mark that chapter. Hold on to that chapter. Here's what he says. Verse 6. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. So they're hearing this. They're living in the wilderness. You know, they're like, water gushing out of hill? Oh, are you kidding me? A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. These people have been eating manna and quail for 40 years. They're like pomegranates, fig trees, honey. You know, they're salivating. They're listening to this like, I can't wait. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks and iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And then here's what God says. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget, right there, that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, right? When you have every restaurant in the world to choose from and you are satisfied, right? And when you build fine houses, all have nice houses and settle down. And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold and the stock market increases and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. Verse 17. And you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. <laughs> but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I mean, right, it's God who brought you into the land. It's God, why was I born here in the United States? Why do I even have the opportunities I have? Why did I get to go to college? Why? Why? And so he confirms this covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord has destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Hey, guys, Always keep God first. God knows the trappings. God knows the struggles that we have, even in prosperity. All right, notice this one. Invest in the next generation. Invest in the next generation. So here I am today, 85 years old. I think he's 85 years young. That's what I think right there, you know. I love that he doesn't hide by it. You know, he does go, well, I'm a little bit north of 70, you know. I mean, it's like, no, I'm 85 and I'm strong. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. You know why? Because he knew the battle's the Lord's. He knew that God was gonna win it. And so he's like, man, let's go. I'm not stopping now. Keep your passion in serving the Lord. Keep your passion in serving the Lord. Hey, are you as passionate today about Jesus as when you first accepted Christ? 
You remember when you first accepted Christ? You were so on fire for the Lord. You're inviting everybody good to church or telling people, you're like, man, listen, I was a slave to sin, all my mistakes, all my failures. God changed me. I mean, he transformed me. I've got new life. I've got eternity. You were so excited. Keep your passion in theos. That's enthusiasm. In theos, in God. That's where it comes from. Hey, don't ever quit on God. Don't ever quit on God. You know, Caleb could have gone, whoo, now I've got to the land. You know what? I'm going to build a house right here on my land and peace out, guys. See you later. You know, I'm kicking back. I'm 85. I'm just going to enjoy this thing. No. Caleb's like, let's go. There's still work to do. There's still things to do. Let's go. Let's make a difference. Don't ever quit. You know, some of the miracles are going to happen later on in your life. Don't miss them. Your best days are still out there. Don't miss them. Hey, Caleb didn't. Hey, don't just live in the past. Sometimes we can go, well, you know, when I was younger, I used to, you know, I used to serve with the kids. I mean, oh, it was fun. It was great. We'd do camp and we'd do all these retreats. It was so great. But now I'm older. I'm going to leave it to somebody else. You know, I'm, I used to, you know, I used to help at church. I used to serve. I used to do this. I used to do that. And, you know, I used to host people in our home. I, I used to, you know, pray. And I used to, no, don't just live in the past. Caleb could have gone, guys, you remember 45 years ago, we did this whole thing. And the, he's like, no, 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 that was great. That was great. But that was back then. But God's still doing a new work. God's still on the move. And I want to be a part of it. I love, I mean, I picture Caleb out there with all these high school kids, you know, he's college, he's young adults, he's locking arms. They're like, there's the old guy. He's awesome, man. We can't outwork him. You know, and they're just like, don't live in the past. Live in the future for the glory of God. Hey, your obedience to God impacts more than just you. Your obedience to God impacts more than just you. It impacts your kids or your nieces, your nephews, impacts your grandkids, impacts generations. Do you remember where that land, you remember where that land was that God gave to Caleb and the tribe of Judah? You know what's right there? Jerusalem. Talk about an impact on generations. Jesus crucified in Jerusalem but then death couldn't keep him down. Oh no, he was resurrected for you and for me, impacting us today. Praise God. Guys, your obedience to God, it's gonna impact generations. You can change your family tree. Maybe you didn't grow up going to church. Maybe you know, your whole family is far away. You can change your entire family tree. Your obedience matters. Hey, here's what Jim Elliott says. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. We can't take stuff with us, man. Let's invest it in what matters. Serve God wholeheartedly. I love that word, wholeheartedly. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Guys, I want that for every one of us. I want that for every one of us. I want at the end of our days, right? Everybody to go, man, they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. They weren't perfect, they made mistakes, but man, they were followed the Lord. Wholeheartedly means everything in you. Everything in you. Here's what else God told the people before they went in to the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter six. He says, these are the commands, the decrees, the laws, the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. So Moses, write this down so that everybody knows. So that you and your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all the decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. He's like, I want you to have a great time. I want you to enjoy the blessings. 
I'm going to give you this great land and I want you to enjoy it. But I also don't want you to forget about me, right? Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. And then verse four, it's called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your, what? Heart, wholeheartedly. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts right here. Impress them on your children. Talk about when you sit at home or when you walk along the road or when you drive them to school or to soccer, right? When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Oh, guys, let us love God wholeheartedly with everything, right? With our energy, our joy, our time, our passion, our commitment for the glory of God. Hey, all the days of your life, all the days of your life, you don't just start off excited, you stay excited. We see that with Caleb all of his days and invest in what matters. I'm gonna invest in what matters. I don't wanna get distracted. I don't wanna get off track. I wanna invest in what matters. Listen, Joshua and Caleb had their day and they did it right (laughs) and they lived it. But you know what? We got our day. And if we're to finish strong, guys, we've gotta stay focused on the Lord. Here's what it says in Hebrews. This is for every one of us today. This is for every one of us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, now I want you to think about this. Picture yourself in an arena, right? You're on the playing field and there's a whole stadium of people around. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In this race of life, in this life that we're living, Joshua and Caleb are up there cheering us on. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. There's Rahab. Saw her a couple weeks ago, right? There's David, there's Mary, there's Joseph. There's your grandparents or your great-grandparents who walked with the Lord. They're up there. They're cheering you on because you got your time right now. Hey, we have this great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders. There could be even good things that hinder us from being the best. There could be some good things that are holding us back and the sin that so easily entangles and if you've got any sin, you've got anything in your heart today that God's been convicting you, stop. Please, please, please. It's going to hold you back from fulfilling what God has for you. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Hey, guys, you, hopefully if you're here today, you've got a race bib. And I, and I love this imagery, right? The, 2003, everybody's got their own number but I would love for you to put it up on your refrigerator. I'd love for you to hold on to it for the next 12 months. Let's just pray every time we see it and hold on to it. But this is the year God started rolling hills, 2003. And God's saying, I'm not finished. I've still got more for you to do, church. I've still got a calling on you. Hey, you run. You run this race marked out for you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. You know what? Jesus is the goal. There are lives look more like Christ. The reward is heaven. The reward is heaven. But fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now, guys, I want you to think about this just for a minute. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy set before Jesus? 
I mean, because the cross was the worst possible way to die. I mean, nails, right, in your wrist, in your, in your legs right here. You're just holding up on this nail in your ankles trying to breathe. What was the joy set before him? Because he could have called down legions from heaven and taken the Romans out. You know what the joy set before him was? You. 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 It was you. He looked down through the quarters of time and he said this. Hey, they are dead in their sins and their transgressions. They are a slave to sin. They need freedom. And I'm going to pay the price so that they can be set free. Oh, praise God. For the joy set before him, that's you. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will finish strong. So that you will live every day with every breath you have for the glory of God. Guys, this is your time. This is our time. And I'm so thankful that we're in this together. You know, two years ago, November 2018, God called us as a church to embark on a three-year campaign. And God said, I want you to impact the next generation for me. I want you to raise up spiritual leaders, preschool, children, students, middle school, high school students. I want you, I want you to pour in, give them a spiritual foundation. And as a church, that's our call. I want you to expand the work in, in Nolensville and in Nashville and I don't want you to grow campus at Franklin because there's people, there's neighbors, there's people in our community that need Jesus. And, and then I want you to, to invest in this country of Moldova, the poorest, smallest country in the former Soviet Union with orphans and vulnerable children. Build two more transitional homes. You guys, God's called us as a church to impact an entire country. There's precious children in need of help and hope. And we have four transitional homes and God says build two more so that every child, the north, the middle, the south, will have access to help and hope. And so, guys, we've been on this journey. And for two years, God has done miracles. But we've got one more year to go. <laughs> to November of 2021, God says, finish strong. Finish strong. So I want to encourage you, everybody, hopefully by now, you've got a commitment card or a recommitment card. And I'd just love to ask you to take this out. And I want you to look at it just for a second. For the next 12 months, would you pray about, hey, I want to be a part. I want to jump in. I want to trust a God. And, I, and maybe for some of you, it's like, I just got to pray. For the next 12 months, I'm going to pray for what God wants to do. But for others, would you just fill this card out today? You know, Lisa and I have done our card. We're excited. We're thankful. We have these special moments as a church. But maybe you want to check box number one. Hey, I, we, we're new to For the Kingdom. And joyfully make a sacrificial commitment over and above our regular tithe. And you can see that. Maybe you're like Caleb, you know, the Kenizzite. You're jumping in. There's already been this movement happening. You're like, hey, I'm coming in. I'm being a part. And God's going to use me here. And you just say, I want to give over and above my tithe, right? One-time gift or weekly or monthly. You could do that today. Jump in. Be a part. We got one more year, 12 months. Let's go. Maybe for you, you say, hey, box number two, I've already made a commitment for the kingdom and have completed or intend to complete my pledge. You know, Lisa and I made a commitment, 36 months. We said, we're gonna commit. And we're 24 months into it. We're gonna finish strong. 12 more months, we're gonna finish strong. Hey, you can do that today. Hey, or, hey, I've already committed my pledge, but God's blessed me and I wanna continue to give. And I wanna do something else. You can mark that on here. 
you're watching online, you can go to the website and you can join in with us today. But I'm gonna give you a time to pray, to think, to just say, God, what do you want me to do? And maybe you're with your spouse, or you're with your family. <laughs> you know, my daughters, right? 16, 14, and 11, they're, they're all committed. They're all like, we're in, Dad. We're all with it. And maybe you just wanna say, yeah, well, let's pray about this right now. What do we wanna do? And I'm gonna ask everybody to fill that out, to drop it in that envelope right there. And then at the end of the service, we're gonna have a chance to give. We're gonna drop them in baskets at the back, take our card, say, we're making a commitment and we're gonna finish strong. We made a three-year pledge and we're gonna three-year commitment on this campaign and we're gonna go to November, 2021. We're gonna trust God. Guys, I don't know where you are today, but I know this, <laughs> that God loves you, that God sent his son who died on a cross for you, that you and I could have salvation in him, but it didn't stop there. God said, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to live this life I have for you and I want you to make a difference. And so you and I together as God's church, you know, you're, you're giving and you're praying, you're serving. It impacts orphans around the world. It impacts the poorest of the poor in the Amazon. It impacts people you don't even know. It impacts people in our community, people being baptized, lives being changed, students growing up with a hope and a future because you're being faithful. Way to go. And let's do it. And let's finish strong together. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Just for a moment. I don't know where you are today, but I know this, God's here. And God's meeting us in this moment right now. So Father God, here we are, your disciples. Joshua, Caleb, they had their day. The disciples who walked with you had their day. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents had their day. God, this is our day. And I pray you would find us faithful. God, I pray for every person here in this room or watching online that, that God, we would be able to say when we're 85, I'm just as strong as I was. I'm just as vigorous about serving the Lord. God, that you would do great things, mighty things that would impact generations. You are an unstoppable God. So let us join you today in what you're doing. Let us serve you wholeheartedly. And Father, use us, God, for your glory. God, as we pray, as we think about these next 12 months, as we commit or we recommit, God, come right now, stir our hearts, and we commit our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways that you can connect. We're thankful for you.